Masculinity is toxic. Oh, no. Let's get rid of it once and for all. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Selena. Men you don't actually believe this, do you? Not at all. Not That's even good. a little bit. Because I happen to be masculine. Uh, I mean, I happen to be oh, a man. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> and so yeah, today, uh, you know, it occurred to me that there is a unique power that women have, wives have. I'll say I'll say this. Women, women and so if you're a single guy, like, it's almost women in your life have this power over you. And it's they can encourage you with their words or they can just tear you down. I wouldn't know. I'm not a single man. They can cut to the <laughs> core, they cut to the bone. And I know for husbands, that's for sure the case. And that, Selena, if, the, if you encourage me, it's like you're the wind beneath my wings. You make me fly <laughs> over the eagle's nest. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we do talk about this uh, a lot when we talk about communication and in, in our right. in marriage. And we, we call it this like direct line. Uh, that each other has exclusively to yeah. our our hearts, and so my words tend and they should hold more weight than anyone yeah. else's. Yeah, but on the con, uh, yeah, that's true. Be, so Outside words used God's, well, God's word, of course, words used well can encourage, but words used poorly, poorly. <laughs> can have the opposite effect. So yeah. today we're talking about this topic with our aptly titled video slash podcast episode: five ways, five surefire ways to emasculate your husband. So we'll see you on the other side. So to be completely clear, we don't think masculinity in itself is toxic. That's just some recent thing that people started saying, you know, granted men sin, okay? And sin is toxic and men have a way of living out their manliness in sinful ways. In other words, toxic ways. There's also such a thing as toxic femininity, mm -hmm. which no one wants to talk about that. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, and it's sin, all right? It's just sin expressing itself through our society and through the roles that we either we embrace or we reject. Um, speaking of embracing a role, Selena, you are very, very pregnant <laughs> right now. Thank you. Yes. I know. I'm saying that as a almost 38 to, weeks to keep our listeners and viewers. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised I'm here, to be honest. <laughs> I kind of am, too. Although, OK, Next so week may not be happening. <laughs> we'll I think. think the baby will be born in 11 days. That's my. Yeah, that's what I'm. So we're trying to, like, figure out how we're going to keep. You know, we're not going to re be recording podcast episodes, but I don't want to leave. We put a few in the silent. can. No, we put a few in the can. But this is a good lead-in to talk to have some man talks. Oh yeah, Selena's saying I should have some a man a man month where I just get on here and just rant and rave. Not rant and rave. Just rant and oh rave about you know man things. Man things. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I don't know if people want to see that or hear no. that. Maybe we'll see. I'm going to be tending to my wife. It's true. And my lovely brood of daughters and, this is baby this one is. baby number four so yeah we up and about in about two days now kidding <laughs> so if if you don't know who we are uh my name is ryan this is my lovely wife selena we are the fredericks we're the fear uh, the faces voices founders of all things fierce at least in a tiny little corner of the internet and our whole hope here is to help you create a marriage that is crafted for the glory of christ a marriage and a family um, so here we are on the Fierce uh, Fierce Marriage podcast. We also have the Fierce Parenting podcast. Those go out, videos and audio goes out on Thursday. So if you're a parent, we encourage you to check those out. Um, and while I'm on it, we haven't asked this for a while. This is one of the first episodes of the year. So if you haven't done this, if you've not left a rating and a review, we would really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. If you are watching this, go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're almost to 10,000, which I can't wow. wait to hit that little, Praise God. in the grand scheme, it's a tiny little milestone, but it feels good that, that you're hitting milestones once in a while. So anyway, Selena, how can a wife go about emasculating her husband? 
Well, this is going to be a satirical episode, so please just take it with that. I want to be clear. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll have, have serious counterpoints as yes, well. Yes, we'll start. Well, the first one is don't tell him that you're proud to be his wife. So, mm. Or that you're sh- proud of him. Or him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, why? why? Or his accomplishments or who he is or how far he's come or anything that he is. Just make sure you're not proud of it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's tragic. Uh, there are husbands that don't feel like their wives are genuinely right. proud to be their wife. Or proud to to well, of of the things their husband has, and I has yeah, done. and I think in this day and age, because of you know tools like social media, it's so easy to compare, it's so easy to covet, it's so easy to um, go into you know this fantasy world of well, what if I was married to this guy and he's probably way more accomplished or look wow he's they're traveling or he's doing this instead of you know looking at your husband and seeing them I, mm. there's just such a chasm if you can't be proud of your husband then there's got to be there's just a huge chasm of actually knowing your husband and i think the, and having any sort yeah. of friendship with him the inability to express we, we say proud we don't mean in the sinful sense but in like the the the, com, no, uh, the contentment the, the gratitude sense yes, of, of the term yes usually the lack of contentment gratitude come from like you said comparison right whatever you're comparing to he's falling short of that standard and so i think that the solution to this is to look Try to see your husband for your husband, um, and then let those uh, let, let what you see cr- uh, well up within you. Mm-hmm. Gratitude. Does this mean your husband can be just a complete deadbeat, and you're supposed to somehow find a way to be grateful for him? Well, in a way, yeah, you can be grateful for anybody made in the image of God. Right. Now, granted, a helper, which a wife is a helpmate, will want to pull and draw him up, and by God's grace, he will have a soft heart, and he'll be able to hear, see that and respond to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the counter to not being proud of your husband um, is to just just to say this: I'm proud of you, I'm with you, and I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I don't regret marrying you. Right. Like I think back to Genesis two. Okay, Adam is in the garden. He is alone. God is looking at his creation, saying, "It is good. Everything is good." Yeah. But one thing is not good: that this man is alone. Yeah. And so, what does he do? He created man from the dust. He created everything from the dust. The one part of creation that was not created from the dust was the woman. Mm-hmm. She was pulled from the side of the man. Truly the crown jewel of God's <laughs> creation. And when she was materialized before Adam there in the garden, he broke out in song. Right? He was longing for her. He was longing for her partnership, her presence. And I think in the same way, husbands long for the partnership and complicity of their wives. Absolutely. To say, like, you're not in the garden, in our little garden, a little imperfect garden. You're not here because, just because you have to be. You're not here because you're following orders. You're here because you actually, you're complicit in this mm-hmm. vision and in this mandate that God's given us to become one flesh. So Right. And if you've been married for a while, I mean, you know, feelings fade. And sometimes it feels difficult to want to be proud of your husband and to be glad that you married him. Um, but again, right, our feelings are not the driver of how we act and how we uh, express our love towards our husband and our so those feelings are not always valid they may be there but you can't mm. always let them be in the driver's seat um, I yeah. think it's just so important for us to remember who that person was that we married remember those reasons for why mm. we married them and and remember our covenant like that's what a covenant's there for when <laughs> the moments are there yeah. that you're not feeling as bold and excited about being married to your husband as maybe you could be or should be. 
Good. Good. Okay, the number two surefire way to emasculate a man, to emasculate your husband, is to tell is to fail to express your desire for him. Yeah. I think this is something that we've uh, dealt with personally. You you've told me in the past that you don't feel like I, I want you sometimes, that I desire you. And I think that's honestly, as we've been married more, that's happened less and less where I felt that way. You're really good at hiding it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, 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 it was one of those things and maybe call me naive that I didn't know until you said it. Because again, we see, you know, women get a lot of the press for wanting to be pursued and wanting to be desired. Sure. And, um, you know, and it's different, right? It's different for a man wanting to be desired by his wife, but we're talking more like intimately. I think it could be a physical attraction be for sure. Also just friendship. Like you just, you want to be you around. You want to be around me. him. Yeah. You're not just looking for, uh, you know, escape routes right. and ways to avoid actually engaging in conversation and well, things like that. And you're not just roommates that go places right. together. You are a married couple. Yeah. And I think it's healthy for men to want their, to, you know, if you think about, um, you know what? If you take a young boy and a young girl, they're going to have very different hardwired tendencies. Like right. the young boy is going to try and prove his feats of strength. Like he's yeah. going to go and the, the, try to find the the tallest thing to climb and the biggest rock to pick <laughs> up, right? Whereas the the little girls are going to have a completely different tendency. They're going to want to make home somewhere. They're going to. It, it's a lot more relational. Where men want to impress, right? And so I think I, I know personally speaking, and I'll speak for a majority of men. I think if we want to be attractive to our wives, we want our wives to think that we're strong. We may not be the strongest like man in the world. I'd like to think I'm the strongest man in our household. <laughs> the strongest <laughs> right person are. in our household. Uh, and, and that you find me uniquely you know, handsome. Doesn't mean that I'm well, on the cover of a magazine, but no. my wife thinks I could be there. And, it, and hopefully she's not because she's delusional. Well, and I think this <laughs> desire comes, like I desire a strong man because I don't, I don't want to be the head of the house. I don't want to protect the house. I don't want to, provide and do the role that my husband is called by God to do. I want to rest assuredly and confidently in the fact that I know he's going to step into those steps. He's going to fulfill that role. We're about to have a baby and I know that he can handle everything. Like I can, I can, I could bet a million dollars on it. I have no doubts in my mind that he's, he's going to be there. He's going to be reliable. And so those are things that like, for me, when that makes him desirable to me is that he, not just that he serves me or that he, mm. you know, gives me all the things I need and want, but that through and through his heart is pursuing the Lord. His, his desires are right. I can also trust him to filter through even some of my own wrong desires. Mm. Um, and so he's always been handsome to me physically. He's always been attractive to me. I don't think there's anybody else that's attractive in the whole wide world. You're the hottest guy <laughs> ever. But I appreciate that. I think it's, you know. But there is something to be said for, and I thank you for saying that. I, and I think that's, not here's the, the word I'm going to use. <laughs> Guys want to swoon. Okay, we want, we, want, we want to cause our wives to swoon. I'll say that. Okay. Um, but the wife has a role to play in this, is that you have to stay swoonable. Right. And that's a heart. That you're not hardening your yeah. heart towards your husband. But, but even if he's somehow offended you or sinned against you. Right. Or he's let himself go. Like there's still a, a heart orientation that I think can you can remain swoonable by your husband, not right. by any guy passing by, of course, right. by your husband. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something good and right and true in that. Just go to the Song, Song of Solomon for that and see right. that mutual exchange um, between the lover and, and his beloved. Um, so that's number two. Number three, 
surefire way to emasculate a husband is don't believe in him. Now, you think about it, like being proud of uh, your husband is like, I'm, I'm proud of the past with you and I'm proud of the present with you. Uh, what, desiring your husband is I want to be with you mm-hmm. where right where you are, right where we are. Now, believing in him is saying, I believe in our future together, mm-hmm. that you are, uh, that you can, that you're going to continue to grow. You're going to continue to provide. We're going to continue kind of in a positive direction. Yeah. Um, but and it, that we but, can be together. I believe that you, we can walk through anything together with the Lord as our strength, yeah. right? And I, I believe in you to to lead us through whatever fire the Lord may call us to. Or I believe in you to step it up where you're trying to step it up, even though it's not exactly what I think it right. will be or should be. Right. So, for instance, if a husband is trying to step up his game in how he's discipling his kids. Yeah. Like, I believe in you, yeah. right? And even if he doesn't have a seminary degree, even if he doesn't have, <laughs> even have a college degree, or even if he didn't even graduate high school, like, the wife can play a role in saying, I believe in, that you can do this in our yeah, home. And absolutely. you, or I believe in you that you can provide. I believe, and so whatever this, if we have a new venture, right, we're going to take a risk together. Okay. After we've talked about it, after we've hashed out yeah. the various details, I believe in you. At the end of the day, I believe in you. Um, well, and this kind of goes along with that thread of, you know, we have an exclusive communication line, a direct line to each other's hearts. And so we know each other the most, right? And so ideally, through the, the strength of God and, you know, our trust in him and our covenant together, like, I can see the failings and still love you the most, right? And still believe in you and hmm. still be hopeful because... Love, love. What does it say in chapter First Corinthians thirteen? Like love always hopes. Hopes all things. Yeah. Yep. And so, <clears throat> which by the way, we're going to do this version for wives next next week. So don't think it's. I'm not just making my pregnant wife say all these good things about me. <laughs> and flows then we're going to be gone for a month. It flows easily. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, yeah. That belief it, it comes from that. Yeah, understanding that you're, the man you married is not the man he's going to be the rest of his life. Right. That God is at work. You're hoping all things. You're genuinely hoping the best. Well, and letting him grow into that too as well. I think yeah. sometimes we just, we we pin men down and say, well, that's how you are you are, and that's how you're always going to be, and so this is just how we're going to deal with that instead of allowing them to grow and believing that God can grow and change their hearts. I can't imagine some of the stuff that we've been through. I can't imagine what it would have done to me if you wouldn't have been so eager to believe in me. Like some of the risks we've taken, the, the places that we've gone, the times when our bank account has been <laughs> under $100, and you're not the kind of wife that looks at me and says, what a screw up. <laughs> yeah. But you say, sweetheart, we're going to get through this together. I believe in you. I believe in us. I, I can't imagine how I would feel if you weren't. So I'm thankful for you being that that woman to me. Um, and and if, if you're a wife, if you're watching and listening to this, and you are that woman, um, Pray and ask and ask if that's ask God if that's a productive way to communicate your husband. Right. We're saying right now and that it's it's God is it's faithful not. and gentle to lead you into that. You know, if your heart's yeah. been hardened, um, just try, go to God. Repent. The repentance is part of the your heart softening towards first towards God and the things of God, um, and, and then towards your husband. And it may, you may be saying, "Well, you haven't seen the bad decisions my husband has made." Sure. Okay. Well, that leads to number four. Surefire way to emasculate your husband is to refuse. To trust in him and refuse to grow in your trust toward him. Right. Just refuse to do it. In other words, if he's messed up in the past, if you want to emasculate him, never let his past mess ups, his past failings go. Right. Never forget those. Uh, constantly express 
doubt in his ability to provide, whether that's physically, spiritually, emotionally, whatever your family needs, like to emasculate your husband, doubt that he can do any of those things. Well, and I, I don't, I don't know if you're meaning. Does this fall under things like infidelity and? That's a different category, and yes, I, refusing to trust. That's. I'm I talk, think it's part of it because we're you're I would rebuilding say that's trust. A separate okay, that's what I want to trust clarify. conversation to be had now. There, if he's repented of that, right, and he's he's making steps to make that right, right. Uh, there's going to be a healing process. We're not saying in any way short circuit the healing process right. and trust in that sense can be earned. It right. needs to be earned, and rebuilt, absolutely, and rebuilt. Um, that's why I want to clarify because. If we're yeah. throwing around the word trust in marriage, I think it's important to kind of pinpoint what we're saying. Yeah, I mean, if you're what exactly we're talking. If about. a husband has a is a serial pornography abuser and uh, can't leave him at home with the internet connection because he's failed a hundred times, then yeah, you don't trust him at home with an internet connection. Yeah. That's that's just not. Um, and he sh- if he demands your trust, then he's delusional. Um, he doesn't deserve it in that case. Okay, so number five, I think this is number five. Okay, and this is the biggest one, and it packs, I think, the biggest punch. <laughs> but if you want to emasculate your husband, constantly love him conditionally. Mm. <laughs> Refuse to show him love if he falls short in any way. Now, <laughs> how do wives show their love? We talked about the physical component, but you can choose to withhold these words yeah. because he hasn't made you feel loved. So you're choosing to be stingy with your love. You're being stingy with mm. words of affection, actions of affection. Um, they should all be based on whether or not you feel like it and whether or not he deserves it. <laughs> Obviously, the counterpoint to this, okay, instead of saying, you know, I'm going to give my love conditionally. Now, most women, most husbands too, they, they don't say in their minds, I'm going to love him conditionally. No, it's just when the failings come or the mm-hmm. the lack of trust or any of the shortcomings start to set in, it's so easy, so much easier to just to respond emotionally, really, uh-huh. instead of taking a step back and and reminding ourselves what God's word has said about them, about us, that we're made in the image of God, that we are worth loving, mm-hmm. uh, that even when we fail, when, when he fails, I, I have nothing higher to hold over him because I too fail. Um, I have to forgive, you know, if it's towards me because Christ has forgiven me of so much. My sin against Christ is way more than his sin against me. And so there's there's no way that I can I can hold on to or withhold love, but also hold on to unforgiveness uh, and bitterness. Yeah, when Christ has given me so much. Um, The counterpoint to this is to say something more along these lines: I know you're perfect, but I choose to love you anyway. I know you're not perfect. I know you're. I know you're perfect. I know you're perfect. (laughs) But to say I know you're not perfect, but I choose to love you anyway. Absolutely. Uh, There's a quote that says. uh, Love is this. Basically, love is saying, I've seen all the ugly parts of you, all the undesirable parts of you, and still I will stay. Right. Right. I will love you. That's love. That's the kind of love that Christ shows us. That's what you talked about, him being forgiving toward us despite our offense toward him. Well, uh, and it's so cyclical, I think, too. So when you, when one of you breaks down, you know, this expression of love uh, unconditionally, I feel like once somebody kind of breaks the ice and says, like, I love you, like, I know you're not perfect, that just bolsters him a little bit more and I think strengthens him to say, yeah, "Yeah, maybe I screwed up and I want to be the man that you see and want me to be. And so then he starts stepping up and then I'm like, see, watching him, watching the Lord at work in Mm -hmm. him and that encourages me to desire him more. Like there's there's all these, I think, just cyclical triggers that happen when we actually obey God in loving one another covenantally. 
And the beautiful thing is this is the kind of love when expressed between husband and wife that will inevitably push you closer to Christ because you're realizing very tangibly what it means to be loved yeah. by God in Christ. Yeah. That you didn't deserve the love that you're receiving, but yet you received it. Yeah, amen. And that, that gives you a very tangible expression. We believe that's one of the main reasons marriage is the way it is. It's the way covenant is. That's the way love is designed. So within the covenant of marriage, we can love each other in a way that we see Christ and we echo very dimly we reflect dimly the gospel uh, through our marriage. And so uh, a few caveats here. All of these things, you know, we're kind of go- coming at it from an interesting angle, angle on how to emasculate your husband. All of these things do not somehow uh, negate the husband's responsibility to love his wife yeah. on, his, on, on God's terms as well. So I'm not here saying like, yeah, you haven't loved me unconditionally, therefore I'm not going to respond to you. Right. No, like in all these cases, a husband still needs to step up and, and, and love a wife, even if she is routinely emasculating him. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that next week, actually, um, in another episode. We're going to flip the script here and talk about what wives need to hear from their husbands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to make that caveat. Um, and another, the final thing I want to say is just, we talked about the love that we receive from our spouse and that being reflective of the love we receive in Christ. If you're mm-hmm. not a Christian, you don't know what that love means. We want to invite you to experience that love of God that came through Christ being born. He was. The, we believe that he was 100% man and 100% God. Mm-hmm in this miraculous convergence of the eternal with the temporal into the, into Christ. He lived a perfect life that we couldn't live. He satisfied the complete wrath of God on the cross so that we don't have to bear it. And instead we can stand in God's good favor Mm. because of what Christ did. So if you want to become a Christian, we want to invite you to check out this website, thenewsisgood.com or find a friend who's a Christian, find a pastor. Maybe you you might know of talk to them Mm -hmm. and take a step. Don't delay. Uh, Eternity is at stake. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for um, marriage. Thank you for the gift it is. We thank you for um, wives that encourage their husbands. Thank you for husbands that have encouraging wives. We pray that uh, if a husband and a wife are not encouraging to one another, we pray that you would convict their hearts in a way that would change their hearts. Holy Spirit, work in those marriages that they might uh, edify one another more completely and reflect your love more truly. Lord, I pray for marriages that feel like they're on the last thread. You would strengthen them, give them hope, uh, put their feet on a firm path that they might step in the positive direction toward reconciliation, toward healthier marriage, all for your glory and for their good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't yet, uh, check out uh, fiercemarriage.com slash partner. What that is, it's a way that actually, one of the main ways we fund this. Uh, We sell books. We love doing that. We love writing books, but we also have our patrons who are through and through. They're right there for us. They're with us and they're on mission with us. Um, There are some benefits to becoming a patron. but don't do it for that. Do it just because God is calling you and you want to respond. So with that said, this episode of Fierce Marriages. And we can. See you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.